Welcome to the Paralegal Voice, where you hear the latest issues and trends in the world of paralegals and legal assistance by one of the best-known paralegals in the industry, Vicki Voison. A paralegal for more than 20 years, Vicki is dedicated to helping legal professionals reach their goals. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Paralegal Voice here on Legal Talk Network. I'm Vicki Voison, the Paralegal Mentor and host of the Paralegal Voice. I'm a NALA Advanced Certified Paralegal. I publish a weekly e-newsletter titled Paralegal Strategies, and I'm also the co-author of The Professional Paralegal, A Guide to Finding a Job and Career Success. You'll find more information at paralegalmentor.com. My guest today is Anthony Johnson, partner at Johnson & Vines in Little Rock, Arkansas. Welcome, Anthony. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy that we finally uh, connected and that you can share a little bit of your technology uh, knowledge with us. But before we begin, our sponsors need to be recognized and thanked. That would be Boston University, offering an online certificate in paralegal studies. If you're seeking a professional credential or just want to further develop your skills, Boston University provides an affordable, high-quality, 14-week program. Visit Paralegal Online dot bu dot edu for more information. NALA, a professional association for paralegals providing continuing education and professional certification programs for paralegals at NALA.org. NALA is a force in the promotion and advancement of the paralegal profession, and I am a past president of that association. So it's a, a good one for you to join. And also serve now a nationwide network of trusted pre-screened process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit servenow.com to learn more. The goal of the Paralegal Voice is to discuss a wide range of topics that are important to the paralegal industry and also share with you leading trends significant developments and resources you'll find helpful in your career and your everyday job. Guests are usually included to help explore timely topics, and for that reason, I've invited Anthony Johnson, managing partner at Johnson & Vines Law Firm in Little Rock, Arkansas. Johnson & Vines is a business and litigation law firm committed to helping individuals and small businesses in need of legal services. Mr. Johnson's law practice started as a general practice, but quickly shifted toward mass torts, medical device litigation, and other serious personal injury cases. Now, I know that he never intended to be a personal injury lawyer. However, after starting his practice, he quickly realized that many individuals are injured by large corporations at no fault of their own, and these people need a champion more than anyone. In addition to his selection as Arkansas Life Top Attorney, Mr. Johnson has been recognized as a top 40 under 40 trial lawyer by the National Trial Lawyers and one of America's techiest lawyers by the ABA Journal. He's widely published in the areas of law, technology, and entrepreneurship and has appeared in publications including Law Technology Today, Huffington Post, 
and Law Insider, and also Harris Martin Publishing. It was there that he found his calling, and that's fighting for the individual and fighting for what's right. His interests expand beyond the practice of law, especially in the fields of business and technology. Prior to law, he had careers in both the CEO web development space, in internet startups, and in finance. So he's got a a wide background for us today. And I read Mr. Anthony's article, How to Check Your Email the Right Way. And that really intrigued me. And I'm so glad he's with me today to help all of us who are ruled by our inboxes. So welcome, Anthony. I appreciate you having me here. Well, as I reviewed the Johnson & Vines website, the blog, the articles if you've written, it really occurred to me that your true purpose is to champion individuals injured by law corporations at no fault of their own and fighting for the individual and fighting for what's right. But in the meantime, you're incorporating technology so that you can be more productive. The article, How to Check Your Email the Right Way, led me to how you've transitioned your firm to the cloud and using delegation to create success for a a large law firm. So, uh, you know, all of your ideas would work in a not-so-large law firm, too. And I was also drawn to your statement, a law firm is a business. And that's something that I stress when I write and speak about the paralegal's role in recording billable hours. I always remind them, this is a business. So, um, and I think that's always a surprise to them. But, you know, and also this is a time when many attorneys and, and law firms still steer away from technology. Um, and the ABA says that they need to keep up with it. And I'm so pleased that, you know, you're a lawyer I know who's embraced technology. Tell me how that happened. Well, uh, you know, when I started, I I was, you know, I started out as a solo practitioner and I had more of a general practice and did a lot of billable hour work. And, you know, I was a computer engineer undergrad, so I kind of always had that background. And and when I got in the profession, um, just realized that there's a lot of attorneys that, you know, just kind of are, are slow to uh, adopt technology. Uh, you know, I've heard the, point, the term uh, Luddites, you know, be passed around in relation to our, to our, uh, our industry. But uh, I don't think it's quite that far. But, you know, I, I haven't gotten so far as I practiced with a guy, I think, when I was real starting out. He's from a rural town in Arkansas. And, and he, I, I kept on asking him, you know, whether he got my emails and whether uh, what was going on with the case. And, really hard to get hold of them and um, his response to me was uh well uh, i have a girl that comes in on mondays and checks my emails and uh he's like i don't do email i was like i was like well what do you mean he's like well he hired a girl to come in every monday and open his computer and check his email for him and it, it was just so problematic and in, in being able to uh get through the representation of the clients that it, it was so frustrating that it kind of got me you know on on this uh uh, kind of uh, you know soapbox in the industry the, the saying that the, you know attorneys are are ethically obligated, like you said, to learn new technology and to adapt it. But it's just more efficient for everyone. You know, it saves both clients money, um, and, and the difference in, especially from a billable hour, billable hour standpoint, of uh, someone that knows how to use technology and uses it well um, can do a job so much quicker than you know somebody that doesn't. So, um, I think it always benefits the client, and I think it uh, allows attorneys to focus on more of the advocacy, which I think where the value of being an attorney is, and less of, uh, you know, just moving data around the room. Well, I know from reading your article that your uh, volume of email is enormous. I I mean, I I couldn't believe how how much you get. 
Uh, you stay on top of it with the help of Google. And so what I'd like to know is how you use Google and why you use Gmail Meter. Because until I read your article, and I try to keep up with all of this, but I'd never heard of Gmail Meter. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a big I'm a big proponent of you know data driven decisions, and and I like I like data, and I like uh, being able to visualize it like that. And so someone had told me about it a couple of years ago, and um, really I uh, started using it just just as kind of a statistical report to see you know it shows you how many emails you have, how many were sent. It shows you, you know, how quickly you, you on average, you respond to an email. So I, I typically, you know, I think within, you know, within the first like three hours, I respond to most of them. But I think within the first day, I respond to 99% of them. But um, it just kind of keeps you on track of what you're doing and whether you're handling them properly. And so I, I've had other friends, you know, other industries that I've talked to that I'm good friends with and, and like uh, roofing and whatnot, and they started using it. And it's, it's really funny when... Um, they'll send me theirs, you know, whenever they have a good one and tell me and try to uh, beat my scores. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, little competition. And I'll laugh and send them back mine. So, but I, I just think the data is interesting. I think it tells you a lot about how you email and whether you're doing it well or not. And so that's why I, I use that specific service. Well, I always check my email in the morning. I can't not do that. But there are some productivity experts who say never check your email in the morning. So I was really glad to find out that you do. So that made me feel a little better. But, mm-hmm. you know, but how do you avoid get going to email land, I call it, and getting thrown off your schedule? I'd like to know what your process is for doing this because I have to confess to sometimes just kind of getting lost out there in cyberspace. I've read a lot about you know, productivity and checking emails in the morning, but I think there's a couple of trains of thought on it. I see the, the risk of when you get into emails, right when you get to the office, and then you start just doing your emails as they come in. And I think it's just not uh, a good way to, I guess, attack your workload. It's not very efficient and, and doesn't prioritize to put your, your task list. And so, and as, a, as I've described a little bit in the article, what I do is I check my email in the morning, but, but not in a way that, you know, I actually do all my emails. So what I do is I, I kind of go through and I quickly kind of run through and I have a, I kind of have a flagging system that I just kind of describe more in more detail. But um, so I run through, and if if I can process it in, in just a minute or two to reply to somebody, then I go ahead and do it. Uh, but if it's something that's going to take longer than that, I just flag it for later. And that way I can get through, you know, a couple hundred emails, you know, I usually have in the morning fairly quickly, you know, 15, 20 minutes with, with just kind of delegating or actually responding. Or if it's going to take longer than a minute or two, I just kind of flag it. And then once I get to the office, it turns that email down to, you know, gets all the junk out, all the things that I just needed to forward or tell someone else to do. And then I get to the office and have maybe, you know, 40 or 50 flagged emails. Um, and that allows me to kind of prioritize those. Like I, I treat those more as almost my to-do list. And then I create, I, I'd make those emails and put them into my task management system. And then I can prioritize my day and say, okay, these are the things that are going to come up. These are the things I need to do today. And, and I can kind of attack my day knowing what's going on and what I need to do. Okay. And so you use uh, a Gmail extension called Todoist, I noticed. And I'd like to know what that is. Then how much time does it take you once you get to the office and you're flagging these things? Uh, or you're going through the flagged email. Well, how much time does that take you? Um, usually just a couple of minutes. I mean, because all I'm doing there, because a lot of those emails are, are pretty extensive and they have, you know, follow-up tasks and I need to actually do things. So, um, you can get the gist of what it's about and when, whether you need to do it now or later or next week. And then you can, you know, I said task. And, and what, what I like about the, G, the Gmail extension to do is 
What I like about the, the service in general is how cross compatible it is. So you, you have you can have the iPhone app and a you know Gmail extension and, and pretty much any platform you have, it'll integrate. And we're all cloud based, so I like you know my Gmail or my Google, um, kind of my Chrome browser and my Gmail, kind of my you know lifeblood of all the things I do. And and one of the reasons why I like services like that is because they're so open source and they have so many third party extensions that you're able to utilize, but um, what what to do is it actually has a little button on the top of your email, and so you can make a task in any email you're looking at, and it'll attach that email thread to your task. And so instead of having to, you know, read it, extract all the information you need, and create a task, and then kind of copy that information over to the task, you simply click to create a task with a link back to this email, and then just write a real short summary, and then it opens that email up three days later when you're doing the task, and then you don't have to. You know, you don't have to kind of extrapolate and condense all that information at, at the time you're creating the task. You can process it when you're actually doing it, uh, when you actually really need to know what, what the email said. And you know what I'll bet? I'll bet you never print any email. <laughs> Why would you print an email? <laughs> right. But you'd be surprised how many people print email and put them in That's the file. Amazing. Yeah, I know. But it, it happens. You know, they just don't get it. But anyway, we're going to take a, a, a short break now for a word from our sponsors, Boston University, NALA, the Association of Legal Assistants and Paralegals, and also ServeNow, a national network of trusted pre-screened process servers. And when I come back, we'll continue our discussion with Anthony Johnson, Managing Partner at Johnson & Vines in Little Rock, Arkansas. Are you looking to advance your career? Do you know someone who wants to enter the paralegal profession? Boston University's fully online certificate in paralegal studies is a fantastic option. It's affordable, takes just 14 weeks to complete, and is led by accomplished faculty who teach employer-focused skills like legal research, writing, technology, and more. Visit paralegalonline.bu.edu for more information and to download a free brochure. That's paralegalonline.bu.edu. NALA means professional. NALA offers classroom and web-based continuing education and professional development for all paralegals. And NALA's certified paralegal credential has been a gold standard of professionalism for over 30 years. More than 15,000 paralegals have this certification, and nearly 2,000 have achieved the demanding advanced certified paralegal. NALA works actively with all those in the legal field, to promote the value of paralegals and to advance paralegal professionalism. See more about why NALA means professional at www.nala.org. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry. Connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high-volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. Welcome back to The Paralegal Voice. I'm Vicki Voison, The Paralegal Mentor, and my guest today is Anthony Johnson of Johnson & Vines in Little Rock, Arkansas. Now, Anthony, before the commercial break, we were discussing your system for handling the 
massive amount of email that you do receive daily. And I'd like to know what your opinion is about multitasking because you know I don't think it's a good idea. But in a law firm, it's hard to get away from that. So how do you avoid multitasking as you handle all of your email throughout the day? Yeah, you know, I agree with you. I I, uh, I always talk about, you know, with, with all our staff, you know, how much more you can get done when you, you know, we, we actually had about a week ago where we said we're going to shut down everything and work on all of our intake processes and, uh, you know, how we handle, you know, client intake and, and just trying to automate some of the operation. And so we spent a whole full week just doing that when we shut down the email and everything. And, and it's just amazing how much work you get done when you lose all those tracks. And so, so I agree with you completely. So a lot of it is, is in the way I, I, I do my, my kind of flagging system, my task management. And so whenever I do that in the morning, it kind of gets me to a, a zero inbox situation where, you know, within the first 10 or 15 minutes, I don't have anything in my inbox. Where the struggle comes in, I guess, is throughout the day, you know, as more emails come in. And I'm focusing just on emails when it comes to multitasking, but it, you know, this happens with everything. So what I, what I try to do is, Throughout the day, you know, periodically, I try not to keep my inbox open. So as I'm doing, you know, maybe three or four tasks for the next couple hours, um, I'll actually shut my inbox off yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm almost OCD about all the, you know, Apple iPhone notifications. And if I see a browser email notification, you know, that I have a pending inbox, I just, you know, can't help myself. I got to go click it. And so I, I close my browser window out and then periodically I'll come back and I'll look at my emails. And I'll do a real quick kind of semi, you know, uh, miniature version of how I check emails in the morning where I'll run through it, I'll flag it, and I'll just make them into tasks. And that way, I mean, I'm not uh, checking email and then getting into something totally different and distracting me from what I was doing and what I had planned to do that day. I like to periodically go through and scan and and re-flag my emails just because um, we have a real large kind of intake department. You know, we do a lot of, you know, we have, we have, we do mostly master cases kind of nationally now. Um, and there's a lot of breaking stuff that happens. Um, and then we have a marketing company too that we have to kind of coordinate with and move quickly. And so I, I want to stay abreast of what's going on, but at the same time, I try not to get distracted and actually get into actually doing that stuff when I had planned to do other things unless it's really vital. Okay. So you don't, you don't stop and do another task. You flag that for another time, basically. Yeah. And I, I try to specifically uh, kind of block out some time to go back and skim and, and review my email. So, Instead of, you know, just randomly whenever I hear a pop-up or I see a new window or email come up, I don't move from what I'm doing and, and go check it. I try to close that browser and say I get done with three or four tasks and I have a break, and that's when I check the email rather than, you know, doing it as it, as it comes. I think that sounds like a, like a winner situation, honestly. It really doesn't. And as long as, well, I want to ask you, do you send an email down the hall to your paralegal? I mean, you do a lot of inter-office email, I'm assuming. And when you do that, do you expect a reply right away? Or is that okay for her to close her, him or her uh, browser down and not respond right away? Is that a loaded um, question? <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it, it uh, depends which one you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Um, so if, if, we want, if I need something immediately, uh, we use chat for most things rather than intern email. Okay. Um, and then we have a big task management platform too that we can comment and you know uh, set reminders and alerts and deadlines. And so I try to, in in pretty much anything like I email someone to do, give them uh, one a, a definite due date and two some type of priority level to where I say this kind of low priority. Uh, you know, handle it after you have other things to do, or 
you know, get this vaccine right, right away because it's, you know, it's urgent. And usually if it's urgent, I'll, you know, I'll either chat or I'll walk over to the office just to make sure they know that. And so, so typically I don't require them to be constantly looking at their email and, you know, and doing things right away whenever I tell them to do them. Uh, I try not to try not to give them work that, that's that urgent anyways. But if I do, I, I probably wouldn't use email. I'd probably either use uh, something like our internal chat system or, or actually call them or go over there and talk to them. Okay. Now, I haven't asked you this, but have you gone paperless? You are paperless? Uh, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I was actually a funny joke. Somebody came to my office and asked me for a sheet of paper, and I couldn't find one. Um, <laughs> I like you know, that. You know, the law firms, uh, we, of course, had to have some. Um, I, I'm a lot of times I'm in the marketing company, too, and I think I found one yellow pad I have in my office, um, and then the printer has paper for whenever we do need to print something randomly. Well, you know, we're this is a deadline-driven business, and so we all we all have to meet those deadlines, but it's been my experience that while attorneys do meet the deadlines, uh, it very often it's right at the last minute, which is difficult and stressful. I, I know it's stressful for me in the office, um, and it's stressful for the attorney. So how do you plan for and meet those deadlines when, when you've got, a, obviously, a very busy practice? Yeah, I, I try to, you know, send my OCD about kind of my task management systems, and so I really don't, I try not to get to deadlines before I'm finalizing things. Pretty much anything that, that has a very strict deadline like that, I try to set a deadline before that where I'm finished with it. I, look, I know lawyers are very notorious about not ever being finished, especially when it comes to kind of court prep and stuff like that. But I just feel like I'm always more prepared whenever I finish, you know, a, a week early or a few days early, and then I have that extra time to maybe tweak it if I need to. But I try to avoid, you know, constantly working on something till the very end and then, and then rushing around to do it just because it gives me an ulcer, you know, constantly having to do that in my yeah. life. But you know that those days always come up, and whenever that happens, uh, well, I'll just I'll just I can very easily go to my task management system because that's where everything is, and that's what I know is prioritized for whatever period of time I need, and I'll shift that around to open up some time to do that and focus on the urgent issue. I've always found that setting some interim deadlines helps. For instance, if you're getting ready for trial, there's some things that need to be done earlier, and but I always had a hard time getting uh, attorneys to follow those interim deadlines. So maybe this will this will spur them on. Well, I know that to be yeah to be timely and organized, the basic thing is to make a decision. Like if you open an email up, you look at it and you close it again and don't do anything with it, you're not making a decision. So you know how do you approach decision making and and then moving on to the next task. Yeah, and that's kind of a pet peeve of mine too, because I've I've realized that, and it's not just lawyers, but a lot of you know people in the business world you oh, deal sure. with. And because what happens a lot of times, is, and and this happens even internally with some of our attorneys, and I'll send them something, and then I guess you know you you think oh I'll just see them in a second, I'll tell them, and then you get busy and you kind of forget too, and you do not have made the decision, or you maybe didn't convey that decision to the person that needs to know it. And so, and I remember during, uh, when I was, I was doing a lot of general practice work, I, I would have to set myself reminders to see if someone answered an email that I've already sent them. So I basically have my to-do list and I have a to-do list for everybody else to make sure they're actually responding to, you know, the things that I'm waiting for them to respond to. And so, yeah, I mean, it's frustrating. You know, I, I try to, you know, and that's why I try to stay organized about how I kind of process my email. And I think that's, that's kind of a big uh, thing, thing I go back to. And the reason why I do it that way is because I, if I, if I didn't make a direct decision and I kind of act on what I needed to do, at the very least, I have it flagged and organized in a way that I'm going to get back to it. So it's very rare that I'm, I'm missing email or I, I forget to respond or, or that uh, you know I don't do something timely because I have have it all mapped out in time to, with deadlines. 
I always joke to, to our some of our staff that, uh, you know, a, a task without a deadline is just a dream, you know, is what I tell them. You know, so I, so I make everybody update all their task management, all their tasks. You know, they should never have a deadline that's not to do. Because if it is, one, you could be, you know, devastatingly missing something and messing something up and getting overwhelmed. And so, you know, if anything is past due and you can't get to it, I say either reschedule it if you can, or if you can't, you need to tell somebody to make sure it gets done. That's good advice. Really good advice. Now, what tips, uh, well, first of all, I'm going to ask you about this. What are your favorite apps, your favorite tech gadgets? I, I, you've got to be a gadget person. So tell us what you like best. <laughs> Let's see. My favorite apps or tech gadgets would probably be, hmm, I did get a Fitbit before this watch, and I was actually wildly impressed with that. Um, it's funny how some things that are that can be a lot more simple or some more useful, but I don't know. I, I get them all. Do, <laughs> so you, do you? I'm definitely an Apple kind of fanboy when it comes to products. Let me ask you this. Do you use a Mac or a PC? All Mac. Okay. And do you use Dragon at all, naturally speaking? I did for a little while, and I just couldn't get used to it. And so I, I got away from it. If I have something really long to, to draft or type, then I'll use it. But um, I'm just kind of more of a typer myself. Uh, you know, I've, I've always typed really fast and stuff in, in the computer engineering world, too. And I probably type, you know, 130 words a minute. Yeah. It's, it's not a, it's definitely faster speaking, but, you know, it's so hard to get used to that I haven't used it very well, much. Well, it's, it's faster speaking, but then you've got to make sure that it understood you in the in the first place. Exactly. Right. I wanted to ask you, do you take a, an iPad with you to court? Um, I, I do. I do. I take I take an iPad. And I, I take my laptop. I, I really like you know using you know visualizations. You know, there's a lot of. I think another big shortcoming I think in our industry is kind of the understanding of you know design and graphics and technology because you know the even even when it comes down to powerpoints, you know some of the powerpoints you see used in courts with you know a thousand words a page and bullet points and you know they just, they just put you to sleep. You know if you, you look right. in comparison to the industry leaders like you know say the Apple keynote keynote event where you know their their powerpoints have one image or one or one word or right. uh, you know barely anything on them and they can just be so much more impactful and and they're kind of well designed and so uh, so yeah I try to use technology I try to focus on actually delivering something that that is much more kind of visually stimulating right and and try to you know, get a little bit of advantage in that way where you, if you, if you know what you're, you're, you're doing in that front and it looks good and professional, I mean, it, that, that actually has an effect on people and they process the information. Yeah. That's what I try to do when I go out to speak because I'm, I use my PowerPoint to keep them interested and I, I use the handout for their review and all of that. So I think that you're right. PowerPoints can be dreadfully boring if they're just <laughs> if they're reading their yeah. PowerPoint, that's kind of silly. Well, I would like to know how on earth paralegals can nudge their attorneys to, you know, to use more technology to be productive and efficient. I mean, I think you just kind of grew into all of this. Uh, it, I think it was a basic interest with you, but uh, attorneys will say they don't have time to learn something new. So how are we going to get them off dead center? <laughs> Yeah, you know, to teach old dog new tricks. Right. Yeah, you know, and it, it, the irony in that statement that they don't have time is just really funny to me. I mean, uh, most of these tools and technologies make you so much more efficient, you know, make you able to do so much more work. But it, I think us as trial lawyers, you get very tunnel vision, or any kind of lawyers, you get very 
very kind of tunnel vision and, and, and doing the legal work. And, and there's, there's a large burden on kind of the things that you're doing to clients and representing. And so, so it's almost like you do that first. And by the time you get done doing that, you set all fires for the day and you don't have time to learn. And I think that's where they're coming from. And so what I suggest to both in technology adaptation and then also in kind of anything in the workplace that, they, that an employee thinks could benefit is the best recommendation I've always given was to do it themselves and to kind of prove its usefulness. And I think that inherently kind of spreads, even if it's within the staff first or whatnot. And if you get into traction and said that, and that they see that, you know, say you're responding to emails, you know, more quickly or you're getting more work done, um, surely that'll, that'll improve the, the amount of legitimacy to, you know, your claim that it's, it's creating efficiencies. It's really hard. And, and the bigger the firm you get, it's really hard because that decision to do it systemically has to come from the top down. It has to come from uh, maybe a managing partner or even a, a, a committee of partners, you know, lawyers are notorious about committees uh, or subcommittees, you know, that kind of, that kind of infrastructure. And so uh, I think you're right. I think it's difficult. I think you start with yourself. Uh, you, you make sure you, you know, you know everything about the tool and that you use it well and, and it works. And then you start with maybe the, the attorney directly above you and you kind of hope it disseminates. But, uh, but I think that's a difficult task. I think you're right. Okay. Well, we all have to keep up with technology, and we all know that that's not easy. Um, what's your tip for keeping up with these changes that are happening all the time? For instance, now this isn't technology, but just recently we can, uh, it's been decided we can serve people on Facebook. So things are changing all the time. How do you keep up with it? You, know, you just kind of have to have a desire to learn about it, and you got to start somewhere. I read blogs, I look at stuff. If I ever see a new product I think might be good, I'm probably the first one in office to try it rather than you know, the last one. And uh, so I think it's just about trying it and doing it and, and practicing it and, and realizing it. It's, it's very important and useful. And in the end, uh, we'll make you a better trial lawyer or practitioner in general. Yeah. Well, I, I need to add about Facebook that it's, it's a form of alternate service. It's not like your first, the first thing you would do. So I, I want to mm-hmm. throw that in so people don't think they can just start out serving people on Facebook. That won't work. <laughs> and I assume <laughs> that... Served. I'm assume that yeah folks. right. I'm assuming that some <laughs> judge is going to have to approve that alternate service for you. So anyway, I didn't want to be so flip about that. Well, you know, yeah, if any of not, I mean, you know, my wife has more attention to on on Facebook than she does on on the mail. For sure. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get off Facebook too once you get on there. So, and, and you know what's particularly interesting? I bet your wife does this too. It's it's the food. There's always a new recipe on there, so it's, it's kind of scary. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, okay, so if any of our listeners want to get in touch with you or your firm, uh, you know, how how do they do that? Yeah, go to our website, johnsonvines.com, V and Victor Vines, or they can always joke that they can Google Anthony Johnson and I'm the first non-professional athlete they find. Um, you know, it's like a couple of MMA fighters and like a football player, but Anthony Johnson attorney works pretty well, if you want to just Google Okay. Well, I, I got a lot of information off your website. It's a good one, and I understand you're uh, even working on that today. So good luck with that. So, but, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate your taking the time. And uh, we're going to take another short break. And when we come back, we've got some career tips. Thank you, Mr. Johnson. We're glad you're listening to Legal Talk Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, too.
Welcome back to the Paralegal Voice. This is the time in the program when I have a practice tip for you. Uh, First of all, I have to let you know a little bit about my travel schedule. I'm going to be going to Seattle in a couple of weeks to speak at a paralegal retreat for uh, paralegals at Lane Powell. And so we're going to be talking about uh, the elusive work-life balance that we all look for. So that's going to be interesting. I've never been to Seattle, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Now, my practice tip for today is to really take to heart Mr. Johnson's suggestions for keeping up with technology. It's here to stay, and it's going to uh, keep on changing forever. So, uh, and sometimes I wonder if things, you know, we, we just aren't, things aren't fast enough, and it's hard for us because uh, we have to, of course, take the time to make sure that uh, we're ensuring security for our clients, that confidentiality is is still um, a priority. So, But you still have to keep up with that technology. And I think that uh, one of the things that we can do is to try to stay out of overwhelm. And because of that, I've written a manual for you. It's called Simple Strategies for Organizing Your Workspace. It's going to help you keep all of these things in order. And more information is available at the paralegalmentor.com slash blog. Now, besides that, I brought up the issue of serving people by Facebook. Uh, It is a, a new opinion in the state of New York. And so I think that will probably spread quickly. Another thing that I have uh, to tell you is that the Triple LT or the Limited Legal License Technician, they've given their first exam in the state of Washington, and seven people passed that exam. They still have some other hoops to work, jump through, I should say. But uh, check that out. It's LLLT or as we call it, the triple LT. There's an earlier episode on the Paralegal Voice where I interviewed the people from Washington who are uh, behind this movement. And so there's a lot of good information on that. I'll put that uh, link to that up on my website, but you can also go to legaltalknetwork.com and search for that particular program to listen to it. Uh, It's on its way to other states, so it's something that we need to at least uh, be aware of. So that's all the time that we have for today. If you have questions about today's episode or any other episode, email them to me at vicki, V-I-C-K-I, at paralegalmentor.com. And also, don't forget to uh, check out the resources available at paralegalmentor.com. They've been designed to help you move your career in the right direction, and that's forward. So this is Vicki Voison, thanking you for listening to the Paralegal Voice and reminding you, make your paralegal voice heard. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to The Paralegal Voice, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join Vicki Voison for her next podcast on issues and trends affecting paralegals and legal assistants. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. 
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.